0: You're listening to 50% Facts,
1: the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Vertical
0: fucking jump. Yeah. I actually was just watching a video of... uh, uh, I'm going to fuck his name up. Tom Matofis. No clue. He's a uh, strongman competitor. All right. Um, Somewhere here in the United States. He's built like a lightweight bodybuilder. He's like thick, really thick dude. Yeah. And I have an Instagram video of him doing like a huge uh, box jump. And I always wonder how guys do that. Uh, Yeah. Uh what, what's his name it was built like a tank. And,
1: and uh Eddie Hall's built like a tank now. Have you seen him? Yeah. Abs running around. I bet you and he was supposed to be a really good swimmer. Yeah. Thor can jump. I think there's videos of him dunking. Yeah he I mean he's six nine and he used to play basketball, so he should still hopefully be able to dunk. Uh and then uh Puchanowski obviously a little more jacked. Yeah. But then that balance of athleticism and, and strong man of what you can jump or not. Like the guy you're talking about probably can't compete with well, Brian I... and Thor in the big dog world.
0: Uh, no, he's not he's not a big yeah, enough guy, I yeah, don't think. Yeah. But um but he's still like he looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Um who else? Oh uh Dave Hoff has yeah, yeah. a huge big vertical box. jump. He can jump up onto yeah. a onto a reverse hyper without any problem yeah. at all even now. And I've always been told that that had something to do with um all of the squatting, especially all the dynamic squatting and all that stuff. But I don't know. Our boy uh T Bear, Tristan Tristan Scholl
1: yeah. had some hops in him. Yeah, I, he did. I, I don't think so. And that's that's just my personal experience from training and stuff some of these things it's it's we're going to start to find different layers in this podcast right so we're laying down a question folks yeah we're going to try to answer it to best of our ability which some topics might be 90 to 100% yeah and other topics might be 20 we might be way off so we found the average of 50% facts that we have and then and then we're going to have a, an expert in the category come tell you what the what the fuck's really going on and so these categories today uh i I feel are a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Because uh, we 'cause we're gonna go venture down some places and I'm gonna be totally lost and hopefully you guys will be able to tell that I'm totally bullshitting. But on this topic I have first hand experience as a coach, first hand experience as an athlete, and a little bit of uh, you know, not clinical knowledge, but some education right on the topics. I so I played basketball my whole life. Um I was a pretty good jumper. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hung on the rim. I'm 5'8", 5'9". I was Mm -hmm. probably 5'8 in seventh grade. I hung on the rim for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, Stubby arms, so whatever that vertical is. Uh, Never actually tested my vertical uh, officially until uh, a couple years ago at the CrossFit Games. There was just a booth testing it, and I was totally out of shape, not jumping anything, and I think I uh, wrecked in about 34 inches, um, which is pretty decent. I think the average NBA vertical is like 36 or 38 and 34, that's me totally untrained, not jumping at all. Right. So I got a, a strength conditioning coach in eighth grade. Um, my dad got him for me, and we did a bunch of stuff. And he definitely helped me not get injured, I think. That was probably the biggest thing mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. And, and and we did some stuff to try to improve my vertical and my speed and all that. But I just think that genetics is going to rule all. And then the conditioning you're in to perform blah, blah, blah task. Uh, right, will will whether it's GPP or specific right. to, to jumping will determine how much you can jump. So say say my baseline is thirty four. You know I'm totally mm-hmm. unconditioned. I think getting in shape, I could probably get to thirty six, forty if I was a little bit younger, or maybe right now. But I don't think you can just improve somebody that can't jump a lick uh, and get them to a forty inch vertical. I can't jump a lick. I, yeah, you know I'm a guy I mean? who
0: can't jump. Um, but and actually that brings up a point. Like, is it always there? Right. Like, you know, because I, I wouldn't have any confidence that I could. I, most of the things that I can do, I don't have any great confidence that I can do them every single time. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's always a, a, a very drastic fall off from, from moment to moment. And uh, anything can happen. And I just, I, not being an athletic person at all, really, like, the, like powerlifting is the only thing I had any feeling that I could do consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? you found a groove. Yeah, and I, 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 that's I knew another, what it's supposed to feel like.
1: That's a whole other topic too. Whether like is athleticism kind of a, 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 a just a base thing? Because I kind of think it is. Like I only played basketball my whole life competitively, but like. In high school, I think you could have thrown me in a competitive football game I could have kept up. I think you could have thrown me in a decent soccer game I could have kept up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never played baseball in my life, but, like, I bet you I could hit a hit a fucking ball coming at me. You know, just, like, I think there is some base that I just had uh, from dicking around my whole life or, or genetics or whatever it might be. Right. And some people may not, and it may be practiced, uh, and everyone has something. Same with music. We can get into that, right? It, 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 there are obviously savants in all of mm-hmm. these, but is there, like, a degree of genetics or is it a degree of just, like... Maybe when you were younger, you are doing more art, or you were younger, you were doing more analytical things, and I was outside fucking kicking a ball by myself against a wall. You know, who knows?
0: Yeah, for me, I think it's just been coordination. I don't yeah. have the eye-hand coordination yeah. to, you know, I love baseball, but I could, I was terrible. Yeah, I was really bad at it because I, I can't hit a ball because I can't, I can see it coming at me, but I think I might be able to see it in a little bit too much detail, yeah. or at least I could at the time. I had, you know, outstanding vision as a kid not so much now yeah but uh i had like 20/10 vision so i could see it but i couldn't time my reactions to to the speed of it right in the same way that it's difficult for me to um like if i was like filling this room with stuff like i couldn't tell you where things needed to go until I physically put them there because I don't have that sense of space sure 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 or you the know? vision like the it's not imagination but like a,
1: yeah everyone's brain works differently how you envision things right. and some people literally have to do to envision that's kind of like what my weird school is all about to begin with right Like some people have to do to learn some people can like see to learn and some right. people can like read to learn or right. hear to learn uh, uh, another thing with the vertical I think is another that i've experienced as a coach and trainer over the last 10 years is um flexibility Mm -hmm. i've never had somebody that and there's literally a kid in my class uh really good really good athlete i think he ended up getting a full ride for men's volleyball but so he would basically bend over and you know like touch your toe drill or or Mm -hmm. stretch and he would like touch it like the bottom of his knee like he's so inflexible he had a really long torso and short arms and we're stretching every single day in pe class or basketball Mm -hmm. practice or whatever and that kid never touched his toes You know what I mean? So, like, all these mobility people and all these yogis and all that, like, you're a really good yogi. One, yes, you practice, and it's hard work, but you're just flexible, and that's why you found yoga, and that's why you're dope at it. You're not going to make me, you know, do, like, this back hand bridge and fucking break my back. Like, there's certain things that I'm just pretty stiff. I try to do a little Olympic weightlifting, and, like, I was stiff before I bench press. Like, I have stubby arms, and they just Mm. don't want to go behind my head. My Mm -hmm. dad was kind of short and stubby. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. You can't really turn me into the world's contortionist yogi. You know what I mean? Same thing I think if you know for you let's we'll use you example like say you have a, a 20 inch vertical. I don't think we're getting you to 36. Could no. so could we get you with some practice to 22, 24, sure, maybe. And then it's the same as lifting and everything else. The the better I think your base is often, the higher your potential is to grow, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're Ed Gones like first time he deadlifts pulls 405, like, all right, with some training, he's probably going to smash. Yeah. Rather than the first time I pulled, it was probably like 135 or 225. All right, I have some potential, right? What which you, which, which your body can already adapt to, you probably have a higher base to begin with.
0: I wonder if Ed Cohn could ever dunk because, God bless that man, he's long. a hobbit. He's, yeah, he's long. He's long but short. Yeah, they have long arms. Long, long arms. arms, super you, long arms.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think, see, like, say, say him example, because you're talking about Dave Hoff, yeah uh, having springs in them uh, our boy Tristan and squat a thousand pounds mm-hmm. a couple times having inc- crazy good uh, uh flexibility and vertical jump see i don't i think squatting obviously helps if you if you can increase your yeah. triple extension what it's called folks is is your ankles your knees, and your hips all extending at the same time mm-hmm. that's that's the strength yeah uh for for uh running and sprinting and and it's very very rare if not impossible to have someone with a very big vertical jump that is slow. And there's very rare that someone that's very, very fast has a shit vertical jump. They, yeah. they often go hand-in-hand because hand it's the same muscul- yeah. musculature involved. And you guys probably heard the term posterior chain, right? Where we're talking about like our traps all the way down to our erectors, even our lats a little bit if you want, glutes, hamstrings, and even our calves. Those are the things kind of propelling us forward right. um, as well as as well as well your quads are, are involved because your knee has some forward movement, some extension going on for the vertical jump. So getting those stronger while practicing the, the task of jumping, those are kind of opposite hands, right? A one rep max is slow, but you're using the same muscles. Mm-hmm. A jump is, is very uh, unloaded, but you're using the same muscles. So you practice the whole spectrum of, we can get nerdy and strength, speed and sprint, whatever, right? Max load, Working your hands, uh, knee extension, hip extension, or a clean. That's the only exercise or a cleanest snatch. You're actually doing triple extension because you're using your calves. You don't really mm-hmm. use your calves in a squat. Uh, or you practice the unloaded version, right? Maybe a box jump. Maybe just jumping. Um Different, different skip drills, running drills, and you work the whole spectrum there, you can improve for sure. Um, but I just don't I, – I and even me, I, I grabbed the rim in eighth grade, trained my face off for 10 years, and it's not like I was throwing 360 dunks mm-hmm. um, at the end of it. I, I, I would get a little baby dunk, you know, that wouldn't even be considered a dunk by many <laughs> legit people. You know, it was like one in a million.
0: Yeah, and no, not everybody can hang off the rim. Even in, in Not everybody in the NBA can hang off the rim, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pro, pro, I'd say everybody
1: probably can, when they're all alone, dunk in the NBA. But in a game.
0: Yeah, in a game, probably not yeah. not. yeah. And that was kind of my situation. Yeah, I uh, went to the opening game of the Stockton yeah, Kings, the G League, the other night. And i that's the most hanging off the rim I've ever seen in a basketball game that looked professional, supposed to be professional or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen an NBA game that had that many... You know, uh, guys proving that they could hang from the rim. Yeah, I wonder why. I just, uh, yeah, I guess they're just out to prove themselves, or maybe yeah. they're younger too. And yeah, and it was and it was it was both teams. It yeah. was it was it was Stockton Sacramento's um, G League team and uh, the team from the G League team from OKC. Oh, okay, and everybody that everybody was taking shots like that, and, yeah. you know, really hanging off the rim and everybody's showboating big time. Yeah, I wonder you know. another
1: thing too maybe, and I don't watch much G League uh, I just learned that the G League is a Gatorade thing. Yeah. I didn't know that Yeah, How it's commercial, on the- <laughs> it's on the court Yeah, how commercial are we? Uh, I didn't know that which I found so funny because I always I still call it the D League in my head uh, Another thing I think is those players prior tend to be less skilled, so they're just as athletic as some of these cats in the NBA but they don't have the, the shooting skill or the dribbling skill, so then they're out here trying to show off, dunk on on somebody right
0: I think that that's probably the case yeah. which is
1: kind of like j- the junior college uh, I went to even though we had some pretty skilled guys we just had athletic freaks that probably didn't have the best grades so they couldn't get into a big D1 uh, school okay. with their grades yeah. so they're they're just monsters out there but not necessarily the
0: not necessarily the best the book smarts are yeah the most skilled uh, yeah. necessarily yeah yeah Anyway Fun game though It was it was fun to watch Yeah Yeah but it was just Like a really good college game Like a, just a That's little bit wilder Exactly it Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, And there's more money Behind it ultimately yeah. You know I think then, then, then your average Juco game Would for be sure. I guess Yeah I wonder what they make uh, I
1: bet you The best guys Maybe six figures Actually some of the guys Are on, on an NBA contract Yeah And they're just coming Down
0: there for rehab So yeah. there is which, money for sure Which is why that uh, Team got moved to Stockton Which is you know 45 minutes away Yeah It was yeah. in Reno It was in Reno And Reno The, the weather And over the winter, makes it difficult to move people back and forth very yeah. quickly. Here, it's very quick. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could move somebody on game day very easily without any problem at all. Yeah, yeah, not affect this gameplay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to the Kings game uh, Friday, hopefully, uh, with our guest, our expert today. Yes, uh, so that should be exciting. I haven't been to. I don't know if I've actually been. To oh, I
0: been to one Kings game there at the new arena. Yeah, I went, I went to a to, couple
1: of events, but not Kings games.
0: I went to a bunch the first year, I went to a few last year. The only one that I've been to this year was a preseason game. Yeah, was uh the Israeli national team. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah my buddy,
1: cool. uh, my buddy plays pro. Shout out to Clint. He plays, uh, he played at St. Mary's here, college here, made a run in the Sweet 16, all that, and then he uh plays professionally over in Australia and oh, their okay. NBA. GL, or whatever their league is. Uh, And they did a big tour over here. So I think they grabbed some of the best Aussie guys. Not necessarily the national team, but some of their teams. Mm -hmm. And flew them into Dallas, I think. And they played, like, the Dallas Spurs uh, and did, like, the Texas tour there, which is pretty pretty cool they do that. They they do that in soccer all the time, you know? Barcelona or Manchester will come over here and smash on some American teams. So it's cool to see the NBA do that a little bit more often.
0: Why do you think that... um, Because vertical jump is such a... um, evaluation tool it's uh, it's very yeah. much like like the uh bench 22, 22, 225 bench press for reps in football yeah in college like it's such a it's it's like the SATs for yeah <laughs> it really is how did it get to be that way do we have any idea i don't know i think in my head so i don't think it was well thought out yeah
1: yeah, our guest should probably know. He, he knows a bunch of weird uh, strength history. Uh, I, I think in my head, it probably wasn't well thought out, but I think it actually is a way better indicator of athleticism or who will do good in basketball or football in this case, actually, than the 225 bench. Yeah. Where the, having some upper body strength is great, um, but how to apply that strength is a lot more important, and that's what the vertical jump is. Right, it's not. They're not doing a two twenty five squat for reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're applying it in a vertical jump, which is literally what you're doing for every shot, every rebound, every defense. Uh, and then depending on your position in football, you're doing it a lot as well. You know, if you're a DB or wide receiver or linebacker or something like that. And then the correlation, like I said, that if you have a big vertical jump, you are going to be fast. Right. There's, there's just no. I've literally never met anybody that's jumping through the roof and isn't fast as shit.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, it reminds me of uh, Kelly Sturette, uh, uh bit that he does in probably every single seminar that he ever does and does anywhere about speed and about how um, he asked basically asked the group to jump slowly, which of course you yeah. can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, jumping is is a. It's a fast activity. Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, fast twitch muscle fibers. Your your type twos are firing out. They're the bigger muscles. They're, again, your quads, hams, glutes. Yeah, type two, all that nerd stuff. I I used to know it. There's two type twos too. There's type two A, type two B, and all these things I used to know that I half forgot, but I got the gist. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll get the real answers.
0: (laughs) What else can we think about that we know about, about a vertical jump?
1: I don't know. I don't know. You know, another thing that, it does obviously correlate to the squat and this might just be a tangent, but everyone talks about um, like how to squat and pushing through your heels. And, and I was working with a lot of, obviously you jump and sprint off your toes, uh, the balls of your feet. And so mm-hmm. uh, dealing with a bunch of high school and collegiate basketball players mostly is where I started my career in strength and conditioning. Uh, teaching them how to squat was very difficult. Um, Cause not that the squats unnatural because you see all these babies doing it and they have perfect planted feet and heels on the Mm -hmm. ground um but in basketball like I had pretty big calves because you literally don't put your heels down defense you're on your toes because you're trying to be quick you're sprinting on your toes you're jumping on your toes everything's kind of on the balls of your feet um and that's just a random thought that popped in my head that has no correlation to anything we're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but squatting, obviously, yeah, you're on your heels and you're 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 more on your hips. Mm-hmm. You're more on your hips, and you do use your hips when you jump and sprint. Obviously, you're activating your glutes and hams, uh, kind of pulling with your toes, which are different sprint drills. But um, you don't think about it. And, and when you're a kid and you don't squat, you're not a powerlifter. You're right. not in the gym. You're just fucking walking around on your toes. I think I used to walk. I think my dad. You you learn how to walk from your parents, and that's a whole another uh, question. <laughs> this is the best part we can learn questions from here: is a uh, 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 flat feet. Oh yeah, because flat feet aren't genetic. I don't think. Right? I think people think that they're it's a learned thing. We'll get that. We'll get some expert. But uh, I think my dad had flat feet, and I think he walked on his toes. So I walked on my toes for a while, and I remember like my like thinking about. It. I was like, "Dude, I kind of prance when I walk, <laughs> you know? Like I, I do like a model walk on my toes." Uh
0: yeah, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I have these genetically enormous calves, and of course, I've always more walked on my toe than my heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do too. But uh, I think I, I don't know. I think that like walking or you know, the limited amount of running that I do, if there's food involved, um, I think that I. I strike the way you're supposed to yeah, when, when I to run. run, but uh, just the walking, my my, I'm always up a little bit. Yeah, so of Kelly. Elevated.
1: I know you did a whole book on that, and the the book Born to Run. And there's right. a lot of conversations going around about heel striking or running on your toes. And I'm I'm no expert in what's the latest right now. People are talking yeah. about because uh, and the other thing with these conversations, people start talking about. Um, what's 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 optimal for like a human and like what you know historically and you know through fucking evolution were made to do mm-hmm. and then that's a different conversation of like what's optimal because uh, yeah. like same with squatting and walking and all that right we want our knees to track over our midfoot um, but if you see every dunk Jordan's ever done from the free throw line from anywhere else he takes off on one foot and that foot he takes off on that knees kind of like shifting in kind of hard you know and so like he, but but he never really had knee problems like I'm, I'm sure his knees hurt yeah like every basketball player knee hurts but he
0: he just did a big valgus as he was. Trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. But it's not like he ripped elevate his,
1: there. He didn't rip his ACL every time he jumped, and he no. had a 42 inch vertical. You know, so he's probably doing just fine. <laughs> what are you going to tell Jordan? Like, kick that knee out, pal. Like, nah, I think he's doing
0: okay. So when they test vertical, are they doing is it a one step? Is it a three step? I think is it's a,
1: a yeah drop step is what we call oh. in basketball. I don't know what they call in the test, but you have one foot planted and you can bring the other foot in. Uh. So it's not a full step. One foot has to be planted and you just step the other foot into it. Okay. Uh, but I think uh, other places too maybe the NBA they might do that like a drop step or a planted foot or a pivot foot uh, and then they might also do a running start just for shits and gigs okay but all the numbers you hear officially I know the numbers you hear officially like if so-and-so says they have a 42 inch vertical or when I said I had a 34 inch when I was out of shape uh, that's my foot planted and you just get one step to jump into it okay um, which I know it, it isn't the highest number because some people are jumping through the roof but um, because people running jump, obviously, and not everybody jumps off two feet. That's a big conversation in basketball. Like when guys are talking to dunk, uh, mm-hmm. do you jump off two feet or you jump off one foot? What's more comfortable? Uh, I was way more comfortable off two feet, uh, but I had buddies that would launch off a of one. The highest vertical I heard of was some French cat. He's a pro dunker. I think it was like 55 or something. Kind of skinny little white French dude and just mega, mega bounce.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
1: But I think he was like, you know, whatever at basketball, but he could just jump through the roof. So that was his specialty. Just, yeah, I he think just, he would just do dunk expos. Yeah. But, which is entertaining. Oh, tons. And in, in the early 2000s, like that was a huge thing. I don't know if there's like a big market for it right now, but like there's And One, which is a shoe company. They did the And One tour and basically mm-hmm. did street ball, especially like trick basketball uh, mm-hmm. and dunkers. And even now, I'm sure there's halftime shows and different things where you probably get paid a little bit at least to go around and dunk and do a trick. I don't know.
0: There's still a dunk competition, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a dunk competition in the NBA. I'm, I, I'm a huge NBA fan and huge basketball fan. It's just like the big stars, I think, because they play so many games and they're playing so hard, they're saying no to that mm. uh, so they can just have at least a one more day break there. You know, like back in the day, the, the Jordans, the Julius Servings, all these guys would hop in these competitions. Even, even the Larry Bird would hop in three-point competition. Um, but now it's kind of like the second-tier or third-tier guys that are really athletic but not – the, you know, the big brand names of the NBA are, are hopping in them. And they're still good, but not the same. Not the same vibe.
0: So what sports other than basketball would find a a, a good vertical beneficial when they're looking for athletes
1: i think uh the joke is that uh men's volleyball at least men's volleyball ladies volleyball is different i think a lot of ladies like to play volleyball and so like they have really elite athletes but men's volleyball is like the athletic guys that couldn't catch kind of deal Uh you know so they're like the nba basketball rejects in high school yeah those guys have a big vertical uh football i think just because they're absolute stud athletically like again not every position jumps but like like a running back's not jumping all the time, but again, that guy's just a little tank and he's fast, so they probably yeah. have a big old vertical. Um,
0: have you seen the pictures of the of the catch, the uh, statue that they built yeah, the yeah. Catch
1: yeah, yeah. at the catch uh, at Levi Stadium? Yeah, yeah. And some of those guys are just... Fr- Randy Moss, I think, got a 46-inch vertical. Yeah. I mean, there's some freaks running through the NFL.
0: And then athletics, too, like... Um, long jump yeah 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 Uh, if you can jump long you probably
1: jump high you would think yeah yeah. and high jump is kind of weird to me i saw a video and don't quote me because it's gonna be jacked up but it was like somewhere in africa you know like tribal africa and these guys are doing a high jump except they don't have a pad to land on Mm -hmm. uh and so they're landing it on their feet but they're still like jumping kind of a similar way they're going over it and kind of like tummy barrel rolling over the bar and then kind of fully rotating and landing on their feet where if yeah. you guys have seen track and field at a high level they just land on their back on this big squishy pad uh i have mixed feelings about that i like the, i like the long jump i like sprinting but like in the high jump's cool but it, it seems like to turn into kind of even like you said a box jump i think a box jump is cool but it's not your full vertical either like if you're super flexible or you wiggle your legs around the box mm-hmm. and then you're just showing your hip flexibility sure you have to jump fairly high to right. get a big box but same with like olympic what olympics turned into the high jump now those guys probably have insane verticals for sure and they're great mm-hmm. athletes don't get me wrong they jump way higher than me but then it turns into like a uh, a high jump slash contortionist, how you cannot touch the 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 thing you know right and it's um, just not visually as appealing to me
0: yeah what's the what's the name of the flop that they use for um uh pole vaulting oh i don't know like the pad thing No, that um, going over with your back first. Yeah, 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 I don't uh, know. Because they they didn't start breaking records until this one guy whose name I can't remember went over backwards yeah i
1: heard that story in the 80s maybe 70s i think 70s yeah. 60s 50s yeah. i don't know yeah, it's yeah yeah 50s 60s 70s I sure i don't know somewhere in there yeah 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 and you guys might have been straight landing they might have been doing it normal right and then they added the pad in and now guys are doing crazy numbers i don't even know what those numbers are like
0: uh they're pretty they're pretty impressive yeah it's but
1: yeah impressive. the box jump you know you can move your legs so if you do a 46 inch box jump and i don't know if this is like a dumb, like but some people might not know. If someone says they can do a forty six inch box jump or a thirty six inch box jump does not mean they have a thirty six inch vertical or forty six inch vertical. That means that who knows what their vertical is, but then they can lift their feet high enough to get onto that box. Right. Where a vertical test they have basically these spindles on a tall pole and they'll measure what your hands are straight above your head, whatever mm-hmm. that is, I mine's tiny you know six something mm. uh and then they'll measure the difference between what the top of your reach is and the top thing that you touch on the on the spindle you spin it and it'll disrupt them they're like in a row right it'll disrupt them and you'll see where you touched or in an old school way they'll, they'll have like chalk or some soot or something on your mm. hand and you'll touch a wall and then they'll measure the difference um where box jumps is
0: yeah, yeah that um a thing that's distinctly different about a box jump is that a box jump doesn't care where your arms are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it does, doesn't care that they're over your. It has nothing to do with reach. Where, and- whereas a, a vertical, I mean, they might measure where your feet are, but they don't have to land any particular place. Your no. feet don't have to be any anywhere in particular. Yeah. No. And I guess sort of a side question that I will that I'd like to ask him is, um, like, do box jumps matter? Yeah. For first. Strength athletes or any athlete, yeah, to yeah. box jumps matter if you're not playing if you're not playing support that, a sport that requires you to jump.
1: Yeah, because box jumps are again not a total definition of your vertical, but they do take coordination and they yeah. take di- different things that uh, just a vert- vertical test don't do. Um, but they're not necessarily means that you have make a jump if you could do that and then yeah uh, we got another question for the. we were having jacob on for a couple episodes here so we have a couple things that all these kind of overlap uh jacob ross those uh that don't know he's uh one of the best strength and condition coaches in the world has worked with tons and tons of professional athletes from NFL running back, Matt Forte to more recently, he travels around and works uh, solely with Luol dang, who is an NBA all-star. Uh, he was part of the Chicago bulls during the big run. Uh, he, he had a little, uh, uh Luol's my guy, by the way, love Luol, loved him since Duke. Um, but he's had a little trouble in Los Angeles, some drama, whatever. Now he's back on the floor. So he's in uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, as well as Jacobs uh, out in Minnesota, trains them every day, travels with them 365, uh, and basically works his tail off to work with elite athletes. He's worked with Olympians, uh, sprinters, tons of team sport athletes. Uh, so our, our questions for for Jacob are, are very much so related to uh, athleticism, uh, strength and conditioning within that realm.
0: All right. Well, I, you think that we plumbed the well on what we know about this and we're ready to talk to Jacob? That's it. Get All us, right. Jacob. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob
1: Ross.
2: Is it Jacob W.? Uh, Jacob W. Ross is on my, well, Ross. my Instagram. Is that a middle name? It is. It sounds
1: very... Do
2: uh, you want to guess what it is?
1: No, but, a oh, oh, Winston. Nope. <laughs> it sounds very uh, Civil War
0: presidential. It does. Uh
1: I'm from Texas. Yeah, Jacob W. Ross. Oh, I don't know. Hmm.
0: I want to say Walter, but that was my grandfather's name, so... Uh, Oh. William.
2: Nope. No. Uh, I'll give you one more guess. Very popular in Westworld name. Very popular Westworld. Oh, fuck.
0: Name. I watched it like three years ago. Walter
2: Wyatt. 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 Oh. Like Wyatt Yeah. Wyatt. That's yeah. good. <clears throat> Tell us about yourself. Who are you? What the hell do you do? Uh, my name is Jacob Ross. Uh, I am an elite sports performance coach. I've trained 10 all stars. So, whatever, whether that's Pro Bowl or Olympic medalist. And I've trained probably over hundred professional athlete, a few hundred collegiate, high level, lots of adults, high school kids as well. And currently, I work for myself, and I do a little consulting, you know, a little training, kind of uh, a little bit of everything. Current um,
1: main gig, Luol Dang. Yeah, NBA All Star.
2: Yeah, been with Luol. This is our ninth season together. Two-time NBA All Star. Some of my other, I guess, favorite kind of top clients Matt Forte Chicago Bears one of the best running backs to play there after Walter Payton of course um used to train Devin Hester best return man of all time Asia Evans most athletic person I've ever trained she was an Olympic medalist in bobsled uh, yeah lots of fun lots of fun lots of cool people
1: how, how, how do I jump higher I'm 5'8 I'm, I'm, I'm Caucasian uh, I want to dunk that's what everybody listening is 5'8 male Caucasian that wants to dunk
0: this is correct
2: <laughs> um it's a very interesting question, and, and I would say it's a very common question. The vertical jump has been made to be a gold standard in sports performance testing. Anytime you're talking about an athlete in almost any sport, vertical jump is one of the the main factors that people like to consider. They like to brag about if they have it. So I actually did, I was consulted to do an article in the Washington Post a few years ago about this, as March Madness was coming about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot, a lot's changed since then. It's it's pretty simple. You have to have enough strength, but then you have to also be able to apply that strength in the range of motion that you're trying to go. So it's a, it's the two things together. You have some people who are really strong, but they don't apply that strength optimally to that range of motion. And then you have some people who are very athletically gifted. They naturally apply that that strength well, and by gaining strength, they could. In, in theory, enhance their vertical jump. So you always see, you know, maybe a 16 or 17-year-old phenom who really hasn't strength trained, and they have a 36, 38-inch vertical. Uh, Zion, you know, in Duke right now, yeah. what did he jump, a 44, yeah. 42? Yeah.
1: yeah, and he's, whatever, 17.
2: Yeah, there's no way he has enough training years under him, especially with like a top level coach, to really say his training did that. Right. Um, and then you will see people who work really hard, get really strong, and then they figure out kind of a way to get there. So, you know, I think it's become such a thing because originally in, in in academia it was a great way to test power. You know, it's a fairly simple test mm-hmm. of power. How how can this person athletically apply some strength? But in terms of practical value, there's not a lot of sports outside of probably basketball that it has a true practical value. Like NFL, okay, you have a 40-inch vertical. Maybe a wide receiver or a corner, yes. But everything else, if you're a running back, you have a 40-inch vertical, Practically speaking, who cares? Yeah, you're not jumping yeah. over the line very often. They actually try to discourage them yeah. from doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't go well when you get smacked in the air. But you know, or or MLB for instance, or even hockey. I did some testing with the Dallas Stars uh, when I was in college. Just you know, preseason mm-hmm. testing. We did vertical. I'm like these guys are on skates, you know. They're not jumping. Right. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe hop, but they're not jumping, truly yeah, right. jumping. But I mean, I do get it. it. It helps you get a better sense of the person. It helps you get a better sense of the athlete. It helps you get a better sense of kind of where they're at. But I have seen people, you know, who have great verticals and they don't play well, and then mm. you have it the other way around: people who aren't athletically gifted but they play whatever their sport is very well. What
1: are uh, maybe top two, three? five you probably have a bunch uh exercises you you'd say to maybe gain that strength before you learn to apply it
2: yeah i I think for me one of my top things is anything that emphasizes posterior chain i think it's really really important and box squatting is a great way to do that especially if you actually box squat not just squat and tap a box there's a Mm -hmm. there's a difference between the two Um, the adductors the glutes hamstrings spinal erectors calves all that's worked really really well if you do a box squat correctly and the idea of this kind of the static dynamic where you have to stop on the box, relax the muscles, mm-hmm. you store up that elastic tension, and then you have to explode. And I think the process of, of doing that really applies and turns over well to a real vertical jump. Outside of that, you know, there's a lot of th- simple things. Um, glute ham raises are in- incredible, very safe, easy to do. Um, actually, I really enjoy walking lunges. I think that's another one, especially if you're talking about transitioning from like a run to a jump, like in basketball, I think that's a good one. Um, You get outside of that, you want to make sure that you're doing some sort of motion or or, or movement to apply that strength. So, you know, whether it be med ball slams, uh, kettlebell swings, you know, there's tons of sled work you can do. You can do sled clean, sled sprints, sled jumps, box jumps. Kind of building it on one end and then contrasting it and putting those two things together might be the most powerful method, to be honest. So you take somebody doing box squats and they superset it right into some sort of a box jump. It's called Mm. contrast method. Or you do an isometric kind of hold with like a squat bar into a rack and then you turn around and jump. I think that really is one of the best ways uh, to help increase a vertical jump. And again, a fairly simple way.
1: Yeah, you're trying to take uh, both ends of the spectrum from moving lightweight very fast and moving heavyweight, which is just going to be slow because it's heavy,
2: uh, right? So a heavy box squat into, a, like you said, a med ball slam that weighs, what, five, eight pounds, something like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people sometimes work on technique probably too much. And I, I think the easiest analogy is a car. You know, you can take a car and you can maybe change a paint or put some rims on it. It doesn't make any faster. At some point, you have to change the engine. And that's where the real strength work comes into it. But our body also has to, like you say, be taught to apply it. So you want to use some sort of a load that isn't maximal so you can move quicker. But it's enough of a load that you do get some sort of a training response and an adaptation response to it. So really pairing those two things together is where you start to see the maximal gains. So we talked about, looking at our last bullet point up here, we talked about what what other than
0: basketball does the, a big vertical apply to?
2: Uh, track and field, for sure. Um, there's a sprinting component um, in terms of speed and power to your vertical. Obviously, things like high jump, long jump mm-hmm. has a really big carryover to it. Some NFL positions baseball not much maybe outfielders is Mm. interesting but you know how many times you see it on tv a lot in top 10 like a guy jump up and and snag a home run you know right right over the fence but when you actually look at the number of times that happens Somebody jumps a thirty-two versus thirty-six inch vertical. You're not going to not sign them. Yeah, your draft right. pick,
1: your draft value isn't going as high as it, the
2: NBA. If if you're in the go- uh, you have the same point guard and one can jump twenty inches and one can dirty jump thirty-six,
1: you're probably going to take the guy with thirty-six. Absolutely, but, but maybe not in baseball. Yeah,
2: yeah. correct. Yeah. And, and same thing in hockey. Uh, really, any of those major sports. Uh, NFL is is interesting to me because they do put a big emphasis on it. Mm. If you're watching the NFL combine and you see a defensive end, you know who's two eighty and he has a forty-inch vert. People just go nuts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. But even defensive ends who, yeah, they try to jump up sometimes and block, you know, hit a pass. Mm-hmm. They don't really fully jump because they can't. They're engaged with alignment. So I don't I, I still question why some of these things are such put such an emphasis on it. Mm-hmm. But um basketball I think is is clearly the best connection. I think track and field's a very close second NFL, depending on the position. Then after that, it's just a good indicator, but it's not um you know, maybe a, a causation correlation type thing. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. gonna cause you to be a better player in sure. some of these.
1: Yeah, maybe volleyball was the last one I think I mentioned.
2: Oh yeah. Mm. Which is just point. less yeah. less popular of a sport, but a no, vertical. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean volleyball is one of those where it absolutely makes sense yeah. because for the most part, um, you know, if you're playing up front, you get a chance to load up. Yeah, yeah. You kind of you, you kind of jump even if you don't block it. So you kinda of know it's coming, you get mm. a chance to load up. That's actually probably the best example yeah. uh, because other than high jump, it's one of maybe the only major sports where you really do know it's coming. You're able to mm. load up and do it. Yeah, a little different than basketball.
0: That's a uh, scholarship sport in a lot of places too, so yeah, that's a point. All the basketball rejects out there that can't hope go play volleyball. There you go. It's true. Uh, Bryce Lewis is a volleyball player.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he was like a setter though. He was in the vertical. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: all right. <laughs> a little too short. Sorry, so, buddy. So how is this legitimately tested? It depends, again, on each league. So the NBA does a couple. They do a standing um, jump, Mm -hmm. and then we'd have to actually ask our friend Ramsey exactly. He goes to the NBA Combine every year, but sometimes they do uh, like a two-step. Sometimes they just do a free running vert. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's changed over the years, and every few years they maybe tweak it a little bit. But basically they do a standing, and they do some sort of two- or three-step approach. And can you jump higher with more steps, or...? It does <laughs> depend on the person, or so. So there's two. There's two really interesting sides of that. So there's the side of can you jump higher running into it. Mm. I would say for most people it would be yes. For me, it's that's not the case. Mm. In, in college, I measured um, a 36 inch vert on a biomechanics measurement. So not like a standing. Um, they have a thing called a vertec. That's what you see in the NFL combine. Mm. It's you know this tall thing with these little fan blades that you jump up and hit, and they swing around. Um, In a biomechanics lab, you jump on a force plate and you put these little, um, you know, diodes on your hips and they actually physically measure the difference. They film it and measure the difference between the ground and how far that diode moves. Oh. So because, for instance, if my shoulder mobility isn't great or maybe I'm just not good at timing my Mm -hmm. jump, you know, you might lose two, three, four inches even on a vertical Mm -hmm. jump tested the traditional way. In a biomechanics lab, you can get the true vert. Exactly how far does your hip bone move? So for me, it was a 36 inch vert and I used to be able to dunk a little bit, but running up and jump, jumping, I couldn't, I couldn't dunk at all. Standing right underneath the rim. I could just a timing deal for you. I think for me, it's, it's actually more of a training thing because I, I do power lift. I used to do strongman. So I do a lot of in place squatting, a lot of in place deadlifting, even jump, I do box jumps and all that. But it's always in place. Yeah, yeah. I don't practice a lot of the running oh, up and jumping, okay. so I'm not skilled at transitioning that power from a horizontal kind of force to a straight up vertical one. Uh, but most people are. Most people are much better at the running up,
0: especially if you're playing basketball. Your for whole sure, life, yeah. for sure. And you're taller than both of us.
2: Yeah, I'm six four on a good day, six three maybe sometimes. Let's see, but uh, the other component though is one foot versus two foot jumping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have people like Charles Barkley, who's probably one of the more famous two-footed jumpers. Even on a fast break, he would plan off two feet to jump up and dunk. And then most of what you see now is is one-footed jumpers. Jordan, Yeah, you you know, LeBron, any of those guys. You don't see a lot of two-footed jumpers anymore. I'm also a two-footed jumper. So my theory, I don't really have any research data on this. I don't know that it's been done. But my theory is when you're a more power-based athlete, Uh you jump off two feet because you're maximizing your, your strength. My strength is I have really strong posterior chain. So if I get both feet on the ground, I can use more of my hips. Mm. When you're a little more athletic and you're better at converting that, you know that power to a specific uh, explosive movement like a vertical jump, the running up off of one foot is probably a better choice.
0: So we had a question about the that we couldn't really resolve about the relationship between a
2: box jump and a and a, and a true
0: vertical because you're not in extension, yep. you're not reaching up. Um, and there's some power lifters and other people who are who are defy gravity by being able to to jump way up on a high box you know not precariously like just like like practically a flat footed landing and they're not you know what's the story there
2: yeah, I mean the problem with box jumping for measurement is a lot of hip mobility has to do with more of it than anything mm. i mean yes, there is some. Carryover between a true vertical jump, like on a vertex, where you jump up and tap, mm. versus a box jump. But some people can jump four, six, even eight inches higher on a box because their hip mobility is crazy. Mm-hmm. So their feet, you know, get to a certain area. But if you don't have the hip mobility to drop your hips and land on the box, that's a separate skill. Yeah. So some people box jump really well, and some people don't. Um, Luol is a great example of that. You know, Luol has been in the NBA for fifteen years. Um, he's you know very explosive athlete can dunk a variety of ways but in box jumps he's not a great box jumper mm. it's just the movement the landing it's just not yeah. natural he's got to him. the
1: longest legs on the planet
2: <laughs> yeah exactly it's just not natural to him uh asia evans the olympic bobsledder you know i've seen her hit a 52 inch box jump but she can't dunk you know she's five <laughs> eight crazy. it's not yeah, like yeah. she's short yeah. you know um but it's just a different skill between the two so i don't think they have a ton of carry over in terms of comparison Uh i think box jumping has some benefits um because because you land kind of at the peak of your jump Mm -hmm. you don't get as much like kind of sheer force on the knees Mm -hmm. so there's a training value there Mm -hmm. but in terms of practical value comparison or measurement it's not a great one so if you were programming it for
0: somebody who was trying to increase their vertical like what percentage of the time would they be doing box jumps
2: you know I, i would
0: or would they do them at all
2: yeah, I usually rotate them weekly because, again, jumping for sport is such a varied thing, unless it's track and field where it's similar every time. You know mm-hmm. the circumstances. You kind of have your rhythm. But for basketball or even volleyball, um, it's such a varied activity that I like to program a variety of jumps and in different ways. So one week we might box jump. The next week we might do a running one-foot jump to, mm-hmm. and try to tap maybe as high as you can. Mm-hmm. The next week we might do a seated box jump. Um, jumping off of a jumping off a of foam, mm-hmm. so you don't get as much uh, feedback from the ground. so right. the force you're pushing, you kind of overextend your force that you push in because all these components are important in, in producing the training effect when they're used logically. And the variance is important because sport is so varied. And unless you're working on a specific skill like high jump, the goal for an athlete is I need to be able to jump well. So whether that's two feet, one foot running, Maybe I'm a little unstable. Maybe my hips are to the right. So I try to every week switch up the stimulus to get right. that athlete prepared to fire in any situation. In it, Are you judging that based on just the amount of reps that you put in for them to
0: do? Or is there a specific goal in terms of like a this high box or a,
2: this high touch? Or, or Yeah. I mean, in any training, I like to measure records. So if we're doing box jumps, we absolutely have a record for that person. If we're doing it single foot, seated, Mm -hmm. with a weight vest on, you know, we kind of track the records for any of that stuff. And it's helpful for the athlete to see that progress. I think it makes them buy in so much more, even if, again, if we're just saying it, maybe not translate one for one over so you might yeah. see somebody who's a great box jumper and they add four inches you won't probably see four inches on their vertical because maybe the hip mobility got better mm-hmm. but they did feel more confident and i think that puts back into their training and there is some carryover. so i really do like tracking uh, the different ways and, and making sure that we're progressing in those
1: yeah, even the squat right i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you could take uh someone who can kind of dunk and they could add 100 pounds on their squat doesn't mean they're throwing windmills Oh, 100%. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. you want them to progress. You want the athlete to buy in. You want people to continue to train hard. So you have to have some kind of standard.
0: Right. And that comes back around, I guess, to the genetics of it. Um, Like, is somebody who is never going to dunk going to benefit from
2: working toward that goal, even if they don't ever make it? So that's a bell curve thing, right? You're going to have the people who genetically, from birth... They're going to be dunking when they're 14, when they're 20, Mm -hmm. maybe when they're 30, even 40. They just have that ability to uh, to, to, um, apply that kind of power in that range of motion. And then you have people who might be a little bit on on the downside of that bell curve, a little bit to the left. Mm -hmm. And with some strength training, with some adding to the – that's all they needed. And that kind of unlocks it for them. Mm -hmm. But then you have some people who, for whatever reason – and I don't even think it's a big fiber-type issue thing – because fiber types they've shown to kind of change depending on how you train. So I, I don't think it's a huge fiber type thing, but there are some people, it just seems like they don't respond well to power training in general. Okay. So um, they, they just don't see the one rep max gains that they would like to see. Um, they just don't have a huge explosive capacity and you can for sure modify it. You can for sure push their individual boundary. But it might not ever get to the point in which you're able to athletically dunk. I mean, if you think about it, dunking is a really—it's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not just jumping up. I think that's that's probably one of my problems growing up is I was powerful enough and I could jump pretty high, but you have to palm a basketball or Mm, cup it, which is very difficult to do if you don't have big hands. And then you have to get it over the rim. Timing. Yeah, in coordination. I mean, there's a lot going on for for a dunk. It's not as easy as just jumping up and touching something. So there's, a, there's always that component too. So let's say somebody works for a really long time and they get to be able to jump high enough. Well, then they also have to learn the skill of it because chances are if they can't already dunk, they don't have humongous hands. So they yeah. get to learn how to hold the ball, how to cup it, how to time it, how to swing it, how to rock it, whatever it is that you got to do to get the ball over there. So that becomes pretty tough.
0: I will say that, um, some, of that some of the enormous hand things is where your hands are enormous too because I've got big-ass palms and I can't. I can't palm a basketball very well at all. Yeah,
2: so so NFL combine and I'm sure NBA combine. Um, you know, they measure from the end of your pinky to the end of your thumb because yeah. that is, seems to be the most important. Like indicator. a wingspan. Yeah, a wingspan of your yeah. hand. Yeah. You know, a wing hand. <laughs> yeah, because my my palm is tall, but it's not all that wide, yep. and yeah, my fingers
0: are not all that long.
2: Yeah, beautiful, Jacob. Working uh People find you. Uh, Jacob dot on Instagram, and that is it. That's the only thing I have. Beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to subscribe. Ratings and Review. We'll catch you in the next one.
0: Thank you very much, Jacob. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you who've reached out on social media and told us that you're enjoying the show. And if you have not already, please uh, hit up your platform of choice and give us a review. We would really appreciate that as well. We're also starting to post the audio versions of the program on my YouTube channel, which is Jim Mcdee one two three four you can tell it's an og channel because it doesn't have a very interesting name anyway uh you can also find it on there you can leave us comments there Uh, in general though if you have questions that you would like us to address on the show you can hit us up on twitter with the hashtag 50 facts i'm at the jim mcd on all the social media mike is silent mike with two k's on instagram and twitter and we'll catch you next time